Welcome to the Tech Legal Matters podcast by iAfrican Radio. Since 2015, we at iAfrican.com have been doing research and publishing about significant data breaches and leaks across Africa. Some we have reported on publicly, while others were too sensitive and we simply notified the relevant authorities without publicly reporting on them. During the same period, we have also researched and reported extensively on cybersecurity, privacy, and data protection-related matters across Africa. What we have always observed is that not many people and organizations understand the legal implications of the various technologies that they use. In this podcast, we will explore these topics and more, with a specific focus on the intersection of technology and the law, how that affects you as an individual, but also from a business perspective. New episodes of the Tech Legal Matters podcast will be broadcast every Friday. The podcast will also feature analysis, insights, and commentary from attorneys who specialize in information and communications technology law. My name is Defo Mohapi, and I will be your host. This episode of the Tech Legal Matters podcast is a recording from the World Cybersecurity Summit, Africa Edition 2020. The event was successful in bringing in fresh narratives, innovative ideas and awareness on key areas such as cyber threat intelligence, data governance, data privacy and cyber relations across Africa. Now it is time, ladies and gentlemen, on the tech talk of changing security cultures in African context. We're talking about finding from Know Before's Africa Cybersecurity Culture Research Report, defining security culture best practices to build security cultures and awareness programs. For this tech talk, we have with us Anna Collard, SVP of Content Strategy and Evangelist, Know Before Africa, South Africa. Anna is an uh, experienced creative security awareness content developer and founder with a demonstrated history of working in the cybersecurity industry. Anna has successfully grown her business from bootstrapped startup to US acquisition and a scaling team in hyper growth environment under new ownership. Thank you so much, Anna, for joining us today and over to you. Thanks so much for the introduction. Good morning, everyone, or it's probably already a bit later on your side. Thank you so much for taking the time and listening to, to my talk. I really appreciate the opportunity. I'm, not, I'm going to jump right over that because you've done a pretty decent introduction. So the next, I, th- I think I have 15 minutes. I will talk about how we dev- define security culture. Also, some of the findings from a um, culture research paper that we, that we publish once a year. And in fact, the the latest one has just been released a week ago, so it's brand new data. And then if time allows, I'll also jump into a few tips on how we can effectively change security culture or improve it. So Forrester have done a a survey across about 1100 um, security professionals across the world. And what was quite interesting is that nearly everyone um, participating said that having a positive security culture has a positive impact on the overall business success. So it's no longer just be considered, you know, a compliance um, box or something that we have to do to prevent risk, but having a, a sound security culture has like a positive impact on things like brand reputation, things like consumer or customer trust. So security culture is a, a really a way more strategic objective of, of businesses nowadays than it, it probably was a few years ago. But then in the same research, what was interesting is that when asked, how do you define security culture, a lot of the participants gave 
completely different answers. So out of 1,100 questions, there were 759 different unique definitions on how or what security culture really means. And roughly those could be um, categorized into you know, compliance and policy, as well as the awareness level of the people in the organization, as well as how well is security embedded overall. So there's this amongst us, like the security professionals, there is not a uniform understanding of what security culture really is. And this is quite interesting because it shows that there is still an immaturity in terms of how do we actually, if we can't define it, how do we even measure it, right? Um, so if we look at, you know, how sociologists define culture per se or organizational culture, um, so they talk about the ideas, the customs and the social behaviors of people within a group. So it's not about how we behave at home or when we are by ourselves, but really how we behave within the context of an organizational group or you know multiple people in a social setting together. The ideas uh, refer to things that we believe in and customs are our behaviors or day-to-day -day activities. And if we apply that to security, then we can say, well, security culture is anything referring to our ideas, customs, behaviors that influence the security of the organization. But that in itself, again, is something that is quite sort of it is scientific, but it's, again, difficult to define or measure. So what uh, a company called Culture, by the way, from Norway, what they have done is they've really taken a scientific approach to uh, measuring security culture by using dimensions that have been measured in science for over the last 30 years. So things like attitude, cognition, which refers to how, how much do we understand about a topic, norms, which refers to the unwritten rules, or things that people do, even though it's not uh, in a policy or anywhere. So those are all dimensions that can be academically measured. And sort of, you know, if they refer to security, we now have a way of digging deeper into what makes up an organizational security culture um, and how do we score in each of those dimensions. And then over time, how do we improve in, in each of those areas? So as, a, as I mentioned, attitudes refers to, you know, how do people, you know, when, when you talk to end users, like how do, what is their attitude towards security? You know, it could be positive, it could be negative. Cognition, as I mentioned, is how much do people understand about security principles? Communication refers to how much um, does the organization communicate security principles? How well is that communicated? How much do people talk to each other about security? Compliance refers to the, the written rules, the policies, standards, procedures that are in place. Norms are unwritten rules, like what do people do even though it's not written anyway, anyway. And responsibilities refers to how much do people individually take accountability for the security. And all of those can be, through survey techniques, can be measured. And that, you know, we can't really manage unless we measure something, right? So that is, it's a great way to um, identify how mature or immature an organization is. And as I mentioned, so once a year, so culture was acquired by now before, and once a year they publish a report that, that sort of provides an, an insight into the security cultures across all of their customers and now before's customers. And now we're having a data set of 100, over 120,000 participants across 24 countries. And I think, you know, if you look at the data, it, it's, it's quite, well, it's not really surprising that the banking or the financial services industry across the globe are scoring the best. And then there's a, a relatively big gap between the higher performers and the lowest performers. And I think what is 
what is a little bit surprising and very concerning especially is that the lowest performers are the education sector as well as sort of energy utilities transportation all of that referring to critical infrastructure so what was also very interesting is when we looked at you know in terms of the lowest scores within the dimensions and we look at norms meaning the unwritten rules how do people behave the legal provisions and the education sector scored the worst in terms of the attitude like do people are they open about security principles again like the education sector scored the worst but also closely followed by the government construction um, sectors so there's like a, a lack of you know understanding and a negative attitude towards security within those sectors and then again very surprising actually if we, if we consider that the education sector is where we would like people to be made aware from you know like from the school level all the way up to universities to teach youngsters about the the, the threats and the risks in terms of cybercrime and there is a, a, a real lack in terms of the cognition and the, the actual learning around security principles. So that is something that from an African point of view as well, we, we really need to be aware of and do more about because considering, you know, that we have like half a billion of people coming online in the next two years and a lot of them will be youngsters using their mobile devices and they, if they haven't been exposed to any sort of training and the education sector is not doing much about it, nor the, the government, that's concerning. In terms of the overall, like if we compare Africa to the rest of the world, we actually don't fare too badly. <laughs> um, we are on, on par with America and even ahead of the Europeans. What is quite interesting there is I think that the results may be slightly skewed because the majority of the African respondents were from the financial services sector in South Africa. And the people there may be very much, you know, from an attitude point of view, have a more positive attitude towards security because A, South Africans are very much security conscious in their day-to-day -day lives and the financial services sector, as we've seen before, ahead of the, the curve. So it will be interesting to see how that, that comparison changes within the, the next release next year. What is also interesting, if we dive in deep into, you know, comparing Africa to the Americans, for example, then we can see that Africans are scoring way better in terms of attitudes and behavior when it comes to security, but we are slightly behind when it comes to compliance and communication. And so that could talk to that the fact that the American organizations are a step ahead in terms of communicating and sort of documenting the, the rules and the, the policies, but the Africans have a slightly better attitude or, or behaving actually slightly better than the, the Americans. So why, you know, I, I mentioned this, it's a ticking time bomb in Africa where we have so many people coming online. A lot of them will be first time users, so they haven't been exposed to any form of security awareness training using their mobile phones. And then on the flip side, we have, uh, you know, like a cybercrime that is shifting the attention towards the emerging economies. Africa is definitely highly attractive. And there's also we're seeing an increase in mobile malware and the sophistication of social engineering attacks. So those two together make for quite a concerning sort of situation. And we as an industry need to do more to sort of spread the word outside of just the organizations, but into the educational institution, into the schools. So how do we, I'm just looking at the time now, how do we change security cultures? There's obviously, there's a lot of tips and a lot of, you know, I could talk an hour just on like some of those areas. So I've, I've tried to focus it on just one or two tips for this talk, but please, if you have um, questions, I'd love to, you know, have more conversations. So feel free to reach out. 
The first tip is, you know, like with anything, especially when we talk about organizational culture or security culture, to change it or to make an, a dent or an, an improvement to it, we need to know where we are right now. So to have some sort of baseline view and then have a goal to say, well, in the next 12 months, where would I like the organization to be? And to do that, one way one could do that is to run a so-called phishing simulation test where you can um, identify your user's susceptibility to phishing. And we have a free one available on our website that you could, you can, you can, you can use and, and test up to 100 um, of your users. And that would give you a baseline view in terms of how good or bad is the, the land of the, you know, the phishing susceptibility in your organization. And then the second one, which I highly recommend, is to do a so-called um, security culture assessment. So those seven <clears throat> dimensions that I, that I mentioned before, you can test, you know, by running a it's, called, it's a, it's like an assessment, like a survey with about 20, 25 questions. And that will give you a, a real in-depth baseline view in terms of how your people, how the organization is rating in each of those dimensions, whether that's policies, attitudes, norm, behavior, etc. And that is a, a wonderful starting point because if you, let's say, for example, you see that there's a, a very low score on the policy side, that could then feed into your program for the rest of the year to improve on the, the knowledge of the, of the security policies or the awareness around that. The other thing that, I, that we always um, talk about is, you know, in terms of if I... If I throw, let's say, for example, if I threw one ball at you, you can catch it, two balls, you will catch it. But if I threw 10 or 20 balls, then you, you wouldn't be able to catch a single one. And the same happens with people when we try to educate them or raise their awareness. If we throw too much information at them, nothing will stick. So we have to be quite selective in terms of what are we trying to you know, make people aware of or what kind of behavior do we want them to change. And they often, you know, less is, is better or less is more. So it's really important to focus on the key, key um, risk areas that you would like your people to improve on. And, you know, the whole social engineering aspect is, is obviously one of the biggest threats in terms of, you know, successful data breaches, et cetera. So from a data-driven, you know, defense program, it makes sense to focus on social engineering, phishing, phishing, you know, even in person social engineering and, and make your users aware of those threats. So, yeah, it's, it's better to repetitively, you know, educate on your top risks than trying to put everything in your security policy into your awareness program because then people won't, they, will, they won't remember, it's too much. So something that is also very interesting is, is another research report that we publish once a year. It's called the Fishing by Industry Benchmark Report. And what that means is when, for example, when we go into an organization for the very first time and we run that phishing susceptibility or that, um, we call it the fish prone percentage, then like a, a mock phishing simulation, the percentage value gives you the, the, the number in terms of how many people are susceptible or falling for the fish. And, and the average, actually globally, it's not just in Africa, I think Africa is 29.2, globally it's 30% hit rate, which means that when we go in the first time, one out of three people will fall for the fishing, the fishing simulation. So that's quite a, a massive sort of threat, you know, like a percentage value. Now, if you, if you apply training in combination with behavior type simulation training, so fishing simulations combined with awareness training, you can reduce that threat level 
down by half within just three months. So it really drops from 30 to 15%. And within 12 months of running security awareness, according to the, the methods that, are, that, are, that we recommend, you can drop that way down to like a below 5% value. In fact, the average is 2%. Now that's a massive re reduction in terms of risk level. And it's actually something that has been done relatively quickly in terms of you know, 12 months time period and relatively simply too. So even though we talk about the human factor and it's more complex because we need to bring in <coughs> the, the HR departments, the communications department, it's not just a technology project. It can be done relatively simply with the right um, tools or the right partners. So in terms of the, the summary, let's check the time. So, you know, like just to, to wrap up, like the, the need for improving our security culture is evident as, as per the, the research reports, because even the, the organizations that scored higher are not in the very good phase either. Like the, the best scorers are moderate. So we, we really need to do more work across the board to improve security cultures. Social engineering is one of the major threats we should be focusing on when changing people's um, perceptions or, or the security cultures. And applying the right levers in the various dimensions can show relatively quick return and quick improvements. And uh, yes, so that's, that is me. Thank you so much for, for the time. Remember to tell your friends, family and colleagues that the show is available to listen for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Deezer or any other app that you use to listen to podcasts. Also, make sure to head over to www.iafrican.com forward slash radio. That is www.iafrican.com forward slash radio and subscribe to get notified on new episodes of the Tech Legal Matters podcast and any other iAfrican radio shows. Stay safe on the web.